Hello, this is Nathan Ray, and this is... Rocco, you know my full name? Rocco Jankowski. That is a very cool name. Yeah, thank you. Who are you? How do we know each other? Who am I? I am just a guy that loves Jesus. How do we know each other? I was thinking about this question. You'd sent me this just a couple of days before. I actually don't remember how I met you. So I'm curious if you have like a memory or a, the story of how you met me. I do. But like, you do. if I might ask, did I just appear in your life? Did I just materialize? Kind of, yeah. I don't know. You were, I mean, we went to uh, Bible college together. And so eventually ran into you like you do as people at Bible college, I guess. I don't know. Of course. Yes. So I, I think for me, the first time that I remember meeting you, it was the first day of Bible college orientation. We were all gathered together in the downstairs basement snack room, I guess you could call it yeah. that. And I remember watching you and other people as well. You guys were all talking about the various ministry experiences that you had before coming to Bible college and how you had been preparing to come for like a long time. And I remember just sitting back and being quite intimidated by people like you because I wasn't going to Bible college to become a pastor or become a worship leader. I was there to primarily attend chapel services. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of felt like an imposter among the rest of you. And so like, that was my first impression of you of that, like, oh, this is someone who actually is going to Bible college and taking it seriously. Yeah, dude, little did you know, I barely knew what I was doing. I was just kind of going because I felt like I was supposed to. And We're all imposters. Yeah, I guess so, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what exactly brought you to Vanguard then? Well, I had just felt in my heart that I was supposed to preach. That's all I knew. All I knew is like, I came to know Jesus maybe a couple of years prior, like really know Jesus. I mean, I grew up in church, but I didn't intimately know Jesus. It was just like Sunday school knowledge, you know. And then I encountered him. I began to enter into like depths of relationship with him. And I felt this passion like, oh, I got to preach. I want people to encounter this Jesus that changed my life. One day I was really bored. Uh, it's a testimony I feel like I've shared a thousand times now. So I try to change it up every once in a while, throw in something new. But I was really bored one day. And I was on YouTube and I reached the level of boredom where I just like Googled Jesus. At the time, I, you know, I like knew Jesus in Sunday school, but I was curious. I was like, I don't know, maybe there'd be like a video of Jesus out there. So like I had no knowledge. I don't know, dude. And I came across this testimony of this preacher and he was just sharing how God had changed his life in the video. And it made me cry because this guy was somebody that was so far away from the Lord and he encountered Jesus and he would literally go around and talk to people all day long, every day, talk to people about Jesus, pray for people, encourage people, love people. And I'd never seen a Christian actually walk those things out. Like I'd seen people go to church, but I'd never seen a Christian like outside of the four walls of the church and seeing him do this and seeing him like share these testimonies of how people were healed in the streets and, and I'm sitting there going this is possible I didn't even know you know people used to ask me for prayer requests and I'd be like oh yeah I'd pray for you and I'd never even pray for the people never expect God to heal never expect God to actually do anything from the prayer 
until I hear this testimony and these stories. And out of that, I just started praying for people. And I watched God start to heal people. And seeing him encounter others, seeing him heal people, it like changed my heart forever. And I would spend my days just sitting there reading the Bible just to get to know him. Just because I felt my life literally change as I would like read. And I used to hate reading, you know, I still kind of do, to be honest, but I would read the Bible and I would feel my heart change. I would see even how I act towards people change. I would like actually be able to love people for the first time in a long time. And so that just radically changed my life. And then I wanted to preach. I wanted everybody to like feel that love that I felt from him, you know? If I might ask, was that preacher Todd White? Yes. Yeah. Figured it. (laughs) So... I guess from that moment, you experienced God in a very small, intimate setting. Since then, he's continued to surprise you in ways that we're going to be discussing later on in the episode. But I might ask, how has God been working in your life over the last week or so? Dude, when you sent me this question, I've been pondering this and thinking through this for like a, a while. Since you sent it to me, I've been thinking like, God, what are you doing in my life? What are you working in my life? And I feel like he's been doing the same thing since, I guess, since the virus kind of shut down the world. I've spent the past few months of my life almost every day with either my family or like very close friends of mine. And I'm learning to appreciate family. And for some people that looks like your natural family, like your mom or your dad or your siblings and for others family like means a lot to a lot of different people for some people their friends might be like their family they're the people that support them but I'm learning to appreciate the people that God has put into my life and it's so beautiful because he's put people in my life that are just incredible people like if you ask me about any one of my friends I could go on for two hours about how amazing they are because There are so many giftings and and special things about each person that I meet. And so I think what he's teaching me is how to appreciate and how to value every person you meet uniquely because each person has a unique set of giftings, a unique story that's so beautiful. And that's one of the things I like about this podcast. To be honest, I was up kind of late last night and I binged like five or six episodes of the podcast just because I just love the stories of people. Uh, And it's one of my favorite things just to hear the journey that each person has been on and the lessons they've learned. And everybody has something so unique and so special to give. And so I'm learning how to appreciate and love everybody. Because, you know, we get so caught up, like, in our own dreams and our own, like, what's happening in our lives. But when we, like, look around, like, there's some really special people that are in our lives and learning to appreciate. That's good. I would say in my own life, I have a more specific instance of how God yeah. has been working in my life. Last Sunday, I was attending the Sunday morning service at the summit. Mm-hmm. And while I was there... I had an encounter with an old friend of mine who you might remember from Vanguard Bible College. Uh, His name is Nate Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. We hadn't really uh, spoken to each other in two years. We had gone estranged from each other. We didn't really part on good terms. And so when I saw him in that church service, I I thought to myself, well, what's going to happen here? Does he have any hard feelings from when we last met? 
are we just going to ignore each other? And then during worship, he got out of the seat to go to the bathroom. He passed me by, asked me how I was doing. And I just said to him, hey, look, man, I haven't seen you for two years. I just want to give you a hug. And like we, we were hugging each other. We were affirming that we were brothers in Christ. And it was, it was like, it, it wasn't something that I needed to be worried about. God was definitely at work in this moment. And I felt like that was one of the moments where 2020 was worth it for me. Yeah. Wow. Of course, that moment immediately got undermined when uh, a couple <laughs> days later, I found out from the summit social media that uh, there had been someone who was infected with COVID at that very yeah. service. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, like, I'm not symptomatic right now, but I also knew that it would be socially irresponsible of me mm -hmm. not to inform people that I know about where I'd been. And mm -hmm. so I had to tell my pastor about it. Mm -hmm. And as a result, church services at Hybrid got canceled this yeah. week. And it's, it's like, I think you could look back at the moment and you could say, well, you shouldn't have been at the service. You should have been safe. You should have kept your church together. Of course, I don't really know what would have happened. For all I know, I could have gone COVID on the bus to hybrid and I, I could have still infected people there as a hypothetical. But I, I know that the moment was worth it because the redemption had taken place. God had worked in that particular time. And it, it feels like even though the dominoes are collapsing and everything is continuing to go downhill, I, I, I kind of feel like God is saying, like, are you still going to trust me? Are you yeah. still going to believe that I'm at work here, even when it feels like everything is not going the way that you want it to? And I think, like, going forward, as stupid as it might sound, I still plan on going to the summit. I still plan on going to hybrid. I recognize that there are risks involved with that particular setup. But at the same time, if I've been in the same room as a COVID infected person and I didn't get COVID, I believe that God is protecting me. And I believe that I should be living my life like that. I agree. I believe that too. Dude, go to all the church services. I don't know. Like, obviously, there's, there's a balance between being responsible but also walking in the freedom that like we all have, like we're allowed to go to church services, you know, and there's, there's a balance between not being too crazy, but also I'm totally in agreement. Dude, I almost went to the summit service, to be honest. I was like this close that day. And then like something came up and I ended up being busy, but that's going to happen anywhere. That could happen when you go to the grocery store that could happen, as you said, on the bus, you could catch anything anywhere. And the way things are going right now, you could catch Corona just about anywhere. So yeah, so that's how God's been working in our lives over the last week. Let's go back to Vanguard and you wanting to become a preacher. And how has that journey looked like for you in the years since attending Vanguard? So I did Vanguard for a couple of years and it was really good. I got to meet some amazing people. They're still friends of mine in my life. I mean, I got to meet you, dude. It's an honor. And then after Vanguard, I just kind of felt that the Lord was transitioning me and calling me to go to Bethel's School of Ministry out in Redding, California. So I spent a year of my life out in beautiful, sunny palm trees, nice weather every day in California, 
and then going to classes and just encountering the Lord. And that year just changed my life. Why Bethel specifically? Uh, that's a good question. It just kind of came up. Like I had a friend of mine who also went to Vanguard. You might know Todd and Cassie. They were both going to BSSM from Vanguard that same year. And he was kind of bugging me and a couple of my buddies. He was like, dude, you guys should come too. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think it'll happen. And then I started researching it and I realized, you know, I could spend the next year in Edmonton in the winter, in the snow, or I could spend the next year in California <laughs> in the nice weather at Bethel where, you know, yeah, let's just try it. And so I kind of just went for it. I knew of Bethel within the context of like, I knew who Bill Johnson was. I knew that Todd White had like gone to Bethel. I knew what Bethel music was, but I like, I had no idea what their ministry school was like. I'll be honest, I was more going for the fact that like, I knew these people were hungry. I knew these people celebrated encountering Jesus. And I wanted to spend a year of my life out in California. It had always been a dream of mine. It was like kind of silly, but even since I was a kid, I was like, I want to live a year out in California. So I just did it. I just kind of went uh, and I drove my Jeep down and encountered the Lord, honestly, like every day. And I met some of the best people in the world. I couldn't speak highly enough of Bethlehem. What kind of people did you meet and what kind of encounters did you have? Yeah, that's a great question. I met some amazing friends, uh, lifelong friends of mine that I never would have met otherwise. Like I met people from all around the world, people from Australia, people from Asia, people from Europe, people from South Africa. There's a lot of South Africans at Bethel. Um, and these are just hungry people, people from all around America. And it was, it felt like the people that were so excited to encounter Jesus. Like I spent two years at Bible college here in Edmonton learning head knowledge but I felt like I was lacking encounters with the Lord, like intimacy, like it became the Bible reading just became a chore. Like it just became homework to read the Bible. And then when I went to Bethel, I like, I met these people who like every day it was like, Hey, let's worship every day. It was, Hey, let's read the Bible. Let's hang out. Let's just encounter Jesus. And like, they never changed the subject. And it was never about doing the assignments. And I mean, we did the assignments, we did the work, but it was never, about the work. It was about Jesus. And I felt like I got caught up in my first experience at Bible college with it just being about the work. And like, I lost sight of the fact that like, Jesus is the center of all of it. Jesus is the reason I'm doing this. You know, like, I'm not going to Bible college just to become a preacher. I'm going to Bible college because I want to know him more. And that's what I felt like my year at Bethel was. It was like, I'm getting to know him all over again. And one thing that would happen a lot. So I had my own little like one bedroom place there. And my friends would always come over to my house. Uh, and they would come over and we would hang out. And it would always like 99% of the time end in some kind of like worship night or sometimes just for fun, we would do like little preach offs and like preach to each other for fun. And it was so entertaining and so fun. And I'd spent the entire year at Bethel with like-minded people who, like, we all had one focus. And that was like, hey, we're just going to spend this year of our lives and fall as deeply in love with Jesus as possible. 
And so we're going to just devote all of our time, all of our days. We're going to like worship together. We're going to hang out together. We're going to pray together. We're going to go to classes together. And the thing that I valued so much about the culture at Bethel was that they never made it about the work we do. Like they told you, finish your assignments and and do them well. Like you're a responsible adult, you know, you can take ownership of the responsibilities in your life and do these things to the best of your abilities. Like that's what God calls you to do. But they told us like the performance of doing your assignments and doing the work and studying the theology, it's never going to go above the place of encountering the Lord and spending time with him. And so there were literally classes that it was in this big auditorium. We did all of our classes, like 2000 students. And there was this little hallway section outside of the auditorium. And you went into the hallway if you needed time to just pray and encounter the Lord. And you went into the classroom, like the auditorium, if you wanted to like listen to the lectures. And that was just like the unspoken thing that we all kind of did. And there were entire days where I would like literally miss the class that was happening inside because there were days where I walked in and I felt the Lord telling me to just spend time with him. That like, hey, Rocco, you've spent two years learning theology at the Bible College here in Edmonton. Now he was almost challenging me to like apply the theology that I'd learned. Like I knew that God was, you know, everywhere, always, and that God loved us and that God loves people. And there were times where like, I would be in class and I would just feel in my heart, I would just feel like a little nudge in my heart, like, oh, dude, go to the hallway real quick. And I would go to the hallway and I'd like run into somebody and have a conversation with them and pray for them. And next thing you know, I've sat down there with them and talked with them for like an hour and missed the entire class that I was supposed to be a part of. And it was beautiful because like the mentors there, the leaders there, they would be like, dude, we would have rather you love people. We would rather you spend time with Jesus than just sit in on a lecture. Not that the lectures are bad. That's like the whole point is literally what we paid for, you know, to like listen to the preaches. But there's such a beauty to like intimately knowing the Lord. And I'd had that encounter like almost, I mean, it was six years ago now where like I got to know the Lord personally. But then through life and through, like, I went through Bible college and I had this vision and this focus of like, okay, I'm going to go preach. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I started to prioritize doing things for the Lord than being with the Lord and actually worshiping the Lord and actually praying and actually connecting and reading the Bible, not just for an assignment, but actually for connection. And so the year of my life at Bethel was spent just connecting with Jesus intimately and it was spent a lot of days honestly evenings specifically at my house worshiping with my friends and it had gotten to the point where we would spend so much time worshiping in this house that word had gotten around and they were like oh dude just go to Rocco's house like the presence of the Lord is so tangible there because we would just worship constantly and like when you worship in a specific place so much it like reminded me of even the upper room in Acts like when you spend so much like intentional time in a specific spot, I feel like something just happens in the room that you worship, you know, like there's a reason that like we go to church buildings, not just because it's the building that we gather, but it's like there were even churches that like we celebrate now because, oh, this church has been going for hundreds of years. People have prayed here. I've heard so many people say like, oh, this church, man, my great grandfather's father prayed here. There's this legacy almost that ends up being left there, like in certain places of just 
a history with Jesus. And I felt like I was developing a history with the Lord, just even in this little house that I had. And so friends would come over and like people would encounter the Lord the moment they even walked into the door. Like I had friends that literally walk in and like get slain in the spirit the moment they like walked through the front door of my house. Like I was sitting there in the kitchen cooking and making food. And then my friends like would come by and they would literally walk into the door and I would just be sitting there worshiping while I'm cooking. And they would walk in and they would encounter the Lord so powerfully. And there's like a weightiness in this house that I'd never experienced before. I mean, we had like miracles would happen. People would walk in and get healed. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, this is just like, they'd be like, what, what, what do you do in this house? I'm like, I just live. I don't know, dude. I just like spend time with Jesus and people come over and they worship here. And, and I realized that like, you know, I love the church. I mean, I, as they'll find out soon, I ended up starting one with like friends of mine. I'm all about it. But what I love is the reality that the church is just a group of believers that are hungry and that love Jesus and gather together, you know? And that's what we did in my house. Like my most powerful encounters weren't even in the building, weren't even at Bethel. They were at my house with my friends where we just worship, where we would go from watching a movie to just worshiping. And it changed my life. It like made me realize that, man, he's everywhere. And like Jesus is in every little thing that we do. And he can show up so beautifully and so powerfully if we just like let him, you know? So part of the reason in going to Bethel it was as a way to get more intimately involved with God, to know him more, to understand a side of him yeah. that I guess had been hidden from your sight for a little mm-hmm. too long. In your experience going to Bethel, what would you say was an aspect of God's character that you got to become more intimately familiar with that maybe you even didn't even know existed before coming to Bethel? That's an outstanding question. I love that question. You know what I I realized? That he's in a good mood. That was just like a little phrase that we would say all the time. Like, hey, dude, God's in a good mood. Like he's not depressed. You know, he's a happy, joyful Lord. And like, I think I spent that year of my life learning what it means to be joyful learning that like he celebrates us being happy. Like Jesus wants us to be happy. Like we don't have to be serious 24 seven. Like he has fun too. Like I learned what it means to like have fun in church and like laugh again and be joyful and be happy. And so I learned that the Lord is very joyful. I actually, my phone background says joy is holy. I learned that joy is literally a holy thing. Like God has given us the ability to be joyful. It's a characteristic that he has. He's joyful. It's even described in the Psalms of the Lord laughing. And man, it feels so good to be joyful and happy and in a good mood and realize that the Lord is in a good mood and that he's not disappointed in us and he's not mad at us. Before I transition to what happened in your life after you came back from Bethel, something that I do want to touch on, Bethel itself has been subject to many controversies A lot of people would claim that it's being headed by false teachers, that it's promoting uh, new age occultic practices. As someone who is more of an outsider, like I've Mm -hmm. looked at Bethel's teachings, I've, I've looked at their ministry, and I think the worst thing that I can say about them personally is that sometimes they 
do a terrible job of presenting their message in a way that is clear and understandable. But I don't believe that they are necessarily promoting false theology in the sense of like they're part of a cult or something like that. And so I wanted to get your perspective on like, would, would you say that when you were at Bethel, was there anything that was like, that made you feel uncomfortable from a theology standpoint where it made you feel like what I'm engaging in, it's not actually leading me towards God. It's actually leading me towards some new age movement. Yeah. Even before going to Bethel, I had people warn me. They're like, isn't it like a cult? I was like, I hope not. I don't know. (laughs) So I went there and it's very, very, very not cultish. I think some people like, there's this idea that we fear what we don't understand. Uh, And so somebody will see someone encountering the Lord and getting slain in the spirit. Specifically, like I would see that a lot at Bethel. People would get slain in the spirit. And somebody who comes from a background, like I'm used to it, but there are people in the world who come from a background where that's not normal. And they would walk in and see people get slain in the spirit or see people like be filled with joy and like laughing. And they would be like, oh, dude, this is demonic. But let me tell you, as somebody who has been there, who's been in the rooms when it's like people are encountering the Lord, it is 100% not demonic. It is like the holiest thing, man. Like I've seen people get set so free there from all kinds of just like darkness in their life. And I'm reminded even of like how people, when Jesus was walking, he was casting out demons. They're like, oh, he must be demonic, you know? And he was like, dude, how could a demon cast out demons? Dude, I can't tell you how many people I saw set free at Bethel from all kinds of darkness. And just, you know, a ministry by its fruit. And let me tell you, the fruit of Bethel's ministry has been nothing but like complete 100% life-changing Jesus encounters. And it's beautiful. It is not a cult at all and people shouldn't believe everything they read on the internet sometimes and i think i would recommend to anyone that's even a little bit skeptical just go there for a service like i remember the first sunday service i walked in the room and i was like wow i i genuinely felt god in the room like there was a weight in that room that i walked into the sanctuary and i was like i feel god in the room and i looked around and you know what the funny thing is i was expecting it to be like super like I don't know weird given everyone's explanation of it it was normal dude like it was like what we would see at like a vanguard chapel except maybe they would raise their hands a little more and be a little bit happier than like the students that we were without our coffee in the morning like it was surprisingly normal given what the internet has to say about it so after Bethel what happened in the direction your ministry took So I came back from Bethel with just this passion and this fire for like, dude, I want every day to see people encounter Jesus like I did at Bethel. And next thing you know, God started bringing people into my life because I had a similar passion, a similar like, like they knew of it or they knew of places where like people would encounter the Lord constantly. They would just like worship every day and be excited about Christianity. And so with this passion and like talking with, just family and friends of mine eventually the lord just brought together this team of people that were like hey let's start by just doing worship services and invite everybody we know and half will come half won't but let's see what the lord has in store for the people in our lives that are ready and excited 
to encounter him again, you know? And we made a website and we made a social media and God provided us a location. And so we just advertised it and invited people. And there were some weeks where like five people would show up and there were some weeks where like 50 or 60 people would show up. I remember it was like back-to-back weeks we did a service, like we did two different services. One week we had like five people. The next we had like 40 and I was like we did the exact same level of advertising the same everything like we told the same people and one big lesson is like I learned it doesn't matter how many people are in the room that like even as a leader it doesn't matter if I'm preaching to a hundred people or to one person like what matters is how each one encounters him personally and that's always been the heart of like this ministry is how can we gather together and just fall in love with Jesus together? And we'd literally gone to different churches and like had churches be like, oh, we're too busy or, oh yeah, we can't really fit this into our ministry programs. And so we were like, you know what, let's just do it ourselves. And so we came up with a name and that name was presence because that's what it's all about. It's all about the presence of Jesus and encountering that as a little community together. And so we got all of our friends together and did worship nights. And we've been doing that up until coronavirus, really. Yeah, it all screwed everything up. No kidding. Yeah. And so since coronavirus, you mentioned that you were taking some time to enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. Is there a plan for presence to make you come back? Or is it just unceremoniously been shot down? What do you think is the vision of the church going forward? Well, I think that what I personally feel and what some of the team members feel as well is that it's going to transition eventually once we can gather again without restrictions or having to stand six feet apart or wear a mask during the service. Like we're all kind of in this place of, you know what, we're going to wait until the restrictions have lifted whenever that is. And the Lord has been reminding me of those encounters I would have in Reading in that house. And so Right now, as you mentioned, like I spent a year without any money, just kind of living off savings and it's time to make a bit of money, you know? (laughs) And so I'm going to spend the next season of my life just making some money. And then the idea is I would love to buy a house and turn presence into a presence house, basically. Uh, And so literally have a house rented out to the team and a place where we can just gather together and encounter the Lord because it doesn't have to look like in a building. And I love the building. I did ministry in a building for a year, but I feel like the Lord is moving us to actually doing ministry within a house. Like how cool would it be to have a whole basement set up where we could just like go in and worship and have music going have like the ability for people to just come in and pray and encounter the Lord and I know there's like the house of prayer Edmonton that's here but I literally want it to be in a house where people can just gather and encounter the Lord and so I think presence will eventually transition into a house but a house requires money and so for now presence is paused I need money (laughs) so I'm gonna work for a season and then we're gonna gather together again it is paused for now, but we'll come back soon. One year. Yes. Who knows? I mean, it might come back in a couple months. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I think here in Edmonton, uh, masks are going to be the norm until the end of the year. 
I know that like a lot of churches, they've uh, reopened or they're planning on reopening and they're instituting these restrictions of having everyone be six mm-hmm. feet apart, having everyone wear masks. Yeah. Is that something that you don't want to have happen? Do you see that as hindering the ability to experience the presence of God? I think it is great for some churches, but presence has always been like founded on the idea of like, hey, we're going to encounter Jesus together. We're going to pray for each other together. It's very hard to like, now I come from a Pentecostal background where when we pray for people, we like to like, you know, put our hand on them. We like to be close to them, pray for them, you know? Uh, We like to worship together. I mean, at Bethel, we were never six feet apart to worship. We were all crammed in this room together, uh, just passionately worshiping and excited. And I think it's great that some of the bigger churches here in Edmonton are doing that so that people can gather. But it wouldn't be great for presence because the whole goal for us was the experience of it, like having people come pray for you, the um, worshiping together. And so honestly, I don't really want to open up presents until the restrictions are like lifted. So, especially since the atmosphere would get destroyed if everyone was wearing a mask and just like everyone had, like if it's everyone just distracting. Honestly, it's distracting, and everyone in the room, they everyone would be afraid mm-hmm. while at the same time be like, yeah. oh God, we love you, we love you. We <laughs> we know that we exactly. shouldn't be afraid, but at the same time, we are afraid. Yeah, exactly. And so that would like, it would influence the experience that people would have. Because when your mind is so focused on like, oh, am I six feet apart from this person? Or, oh, dude, my mask is like itchy or it's getting in my eyes and it's annoying. Like, I, I'll be honest, I hate the medical like masks because it just like rides up your face. At least for me, like it's in my eyes half the time. I just need a better mask, to be honest, but it's distracting and it kind of takes your focus off of, okay, let me encounter the Lord. And you're also scared because what if somebody in that service has coronavirus? Then what? You know? And that's a balance that I think some pastoral staff are like trained for and are ready to handle and deal with. But I'm not, dude. I'm not trying to go through like a coronavirus outbreak at present. So in the meantime, we're just gonna we're just gonna relax for now and then come back one day when things are a little bit different. You mentioned uh, the house. Would you want to try and get 60 people fit into that house? Or would it just be like, you know what, come if you want? Yeah, as many would gather. I mean, if 100 people want to show up to the house, dude, like, you're more than welcome. Come cram in the house. Like, we'll have a huge worship set, you know? (laughs) Uh, If 10 want to come, 10 can come. To be honest, I'm not so concerned about how many people show up. I'm more concerned about like, dude, let's just encounter Jesus together. However many of us are there. And so, yeah, I'd love it, man. If it grows to the point where it's like 100 people and like we can't fit anymore, perfect, awesome. Then maybe I'll go back to a building, who knows. But yeah, I'm just excited. Like I really feel that the Lord is kind of transitioning this movement into that. Like, I mean, it's always been that kind of grassroots, like, hey, we're young people, let's just encounter Jesus. I think it would really fit in a house. I think that's almost everything that I want to get into for uh, this podcast episode. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to plug? Any books, resources that you want to recommend? If you're looking for a Bible college in Edmonton, definitely go to Vanguard College. They're amazing. If you're looking for a Bible college in California, go to BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They've changed my life. They're amazing. Go check out Bethel sometime. 
if you have Instagram, you know, follow us at PresenceYEG, you know. We also have a website, PresenceYEG.com, for when we do come back one day, we're going to probably announce it on social media. Uh, and so if you want to check out, like, a group of young adults that just really love Jesus in Edmonton, come check that out. But there's so many places here, honestly. Like, just get to know Jesus wherever you are, whatever that looks like. I mean, Summit is amazing. Hybrid's amazing. There's so many churches here that have incredible leaders, so... I would say if I could plug anything, let me just plug like Jesus, dude. He's the person that's changed my life. So get to know him. Go try to church. Just don't catch coronavirus. (laughs) Or you can catch it just at the same time. Be aware that God has your back. And no matter what, he's going to be looking out for you. Yeah. Pray for healing, bro. We'll pray. We'll pray for you. (laughs) Pray for the healing ministries to start showing up. Yeah, dude it's gonna start happening i believe it dude man i hope that we will start hearing testimonies of people like healed from coronavirus i haven't heard anything yet i haven't heard any testimonies or anything like that but i believe god can do it like jesus healed so many people from so many different things like why can't he do this too you know i guess there's just no one who's doing it yeah yeah true but anyways see ya this has been because we're not the same a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, with special guest, Rocco Jankowski. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.